You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Jack, I think this is a timeless episode, this one. It's timeless, and I'm I'm still, like, <laughs> grinning ear to ear. I can't stop laughing. This person just has that effect on me. True. Gosh. It, yeah. And there, am there, I there's... upset about it, or am I like, I don't know? Not in the least. I think I think I saw you fall over in your chair at least six or seven times, which is, I mean, good number. Accurate. You're you're okay though. Yes, I'm well. Thank God. Thank God. I'm well. This is a journey from Orlando. Well, no, from Kentucky to Orlando to New York, that is just so legendary and continues to be iconic in her everyday life. But Angie, Angie, Angie. Ah. It literally is synonymous with Roxy, I feel like. Totally. With like the level of the name. I mean, there's just she's untouchable, number one. And just no one can do it like Ange. Ange. Slam and Ange. She's fantastic. So we had people write in, Brendan. We have fans. They're following. We got we're, we're up and coming. This is groundbreaking. This is huge. Um, no, but we have people who wrote into our Instagram. Our Instagram is at again underscore podcast. So follow us, write into us if you have questions. Um, but we have people who wrote in where you get to ask Angie some questions today and um just zazz it up with Ange a little bit. We are gonna zazz it. We're gonna take this whole thing from the top, and I just I can't wait to get into this one. From the top. Do you guys have a jingle that you start out with? <laughs> there's a bit of there's a bit of a jingle. I want to hear there's, it. Ready, go. There's a bit of a jingle. Take it from the top. Taking it from the top. From the top. We're going to use that now. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's probably probably better than what we have. (laughs) Done it, done. Tap, tap. Angie. How are you? We're in heaven. (laughs) This is finally. Tippy top heaven. (laughs) Hi, boys. I'm happy to see you. Hi, boys. Those are my boys. How many times in a show, Angie, have you had to have a, a, a chorus of men around you to say, Let's go, boys. I feel like it's, it's, <laughs> Come it's on, a requirement. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I wish it was more. And not enough. <laughs> not enough. Yeah. Not enough. Probably not enough. only doing Roxy Hart. When did I ever get to say my boys? Those are my boys. I just do it all the time, you know. You know how just, I am. She just doesn't people come to a room. Yeah. Yeah. They're, I they're always, summoned. They're summoned with your know, aura. You know I have my... Um, my, my my boys that I always call my sons. Remember, Brendan, you were my son. I do. I do. I remember having the privilege to be a son in your <laughs> company. <laughs> and then slamming Jack. Slamming Ange. Ugh. We got we got to do our prom together on the Broadway. Mm-hmm. Brendan already left us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he left us for better <laughs> things. For another high school. Yeah, for another high school. Another high school. Oh my gosh. Well, Ange, what we like to do here, here on that, here again from the top, we um we like to kind of start these things off discussing kind of like 
the, I mean, the top of your career, like how we got into this. I usually call it like how, how what's your, your, your origin story into this whole insanity of a business that we all decided mm-hmm. this will be a good idea to go into. So kind of like if, if there was like a bug that bit you that got you into this or kind of where it all like clicked and said, oh, oh, I'm doing this for sure. Do you have like that moment or that kind of decision in your brain of like when this started? I probably do. I probably have several origins of mm-hmm. the beginnings, mm-hmm. but for for musical theater, it would have to be not till college. I got to do my first part and it was Lois in Kiss Me Kate. Mm-hmm. And obviously those are the kind of parts I do where you sing a little, act a little, dance a little, right? You got to do a little bit of everything. <laughs> sure. Um, and I did it kind of bit me that did, you know, cause I could do it, you know, it wasn't park and barking, you know, which I don't do. It was a little bit of everything. So it wasn't probably till then in high school, I was a cheerleader and, you know, I danced, wow. I danced from five years old. I always danced, but I didn't get the sort of musical theater, acting, singing, all of that until I started, I studied it a bit in college. So a late bloomer, a late bloomer I am. <laughs> a late um, bloomer. And then um, I never, I didn't go like, you know, I feel like you kids today are just so uh, smart and knowing exactly what you want to do. I grew up in Northern Kentucky, a small town in Kentucky, and I didn't know oh, Broadway, like, this is how I'm going to get there. I just took what came to me and it led me here. Leroy Reams was also from my dance studio, Ziegler Studio of Dance. He was a little older than me, but I had heard of him and he was on Broadway, you know, which I just didn't know how I was going to do it or how to get there. You know, I just feel like people are just smarter now. You know, I didn't have all the luxuries that kids these days have with looking up things on the internet and copying and, you know, so it took me a little while, but then I ended up in New York, but via college, via Bush Gardens mm-hmm. in the summer German show and Absolutely. the indoor show mm-hmm. via Disney world, mm-hmm. you know, opening up MGM studios via showgirl in Atlantic God. city, via Japan showgirl. Sorry, what? Um, being a showgirl, yeah. Just in Japan, Japan just showgirl life. Tokyo, yeah, just at the okay. new Otani Hotel, showgirl. Okay, mm. sure. Not topless. Always have my top on, boys. <laughs> top full. Tasteful, Thank you. Tasteful. Um, tasteful Tokyo. Tasteful Tokyo. And then I was opened up MGM Studios. I'm at Disney and doing my, you know, not eight shows a week, doing my five shows a day, as one does. Wow. And I was going to right there. (laughs) I was going to, oh my God. And I've been watching videos because I've been condensing stuff and just throw, just thrashing, you know, back then. Just to arch back, easy breezy. Ponytail to the ground. Loose neck. Yeah. Uh And um, I was going to, I was going to, I put a down payment on a house. I was going to build a house (gasps) in Lake Buena Vista, which probably now I'd be a bazillionaire if I had done that. But uh, then I, got a call to come up and audition for the Will Rogers Follies. So I did. So I pulled my down payment. <laughs> Give me that bag. And I moved to Hollywood. No, I moved to Broadway. 
She got a briefcase in her hand or a suitcase in her yeah. hand and she's getting off the bus. And I moved to Broadway. So I did through a friend that worked with me at Diamond Horseshoe in at Disney. He was a PA, DJ Salisbury. He was a PA on Will Rogers Follies. He said, I think you should come up and audition. One of the prerequisites is they wanted you over 5'8". Well, I'm that. <laughs> and then um, I did. I flew up and auditioned on their workshop lunch break. At the Nederlander, which you both have probably you both have worked at, they were workshopping on stage back mm, then. Wow. This is 1991. How cool! And I auditioned on their lunch break for the workshop. I flew up from Orlando. Little did I know, in the audience watching, having their lunch was Jerry Mitchell, mm. Katie Huffman, mm, Troy wow. Johnson. And a lot of the cast from Will Rogers. And in the audience was Tommy, or in the, in the house was Tommy Toon, wow. Cy Coleman. I sang on the other side of the tracks, but didn't know it was a Cy Coleman tune. Mm. And he said, you know, that's my song. I was like, yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> totally <sure. live." laughs> And did the audition on the stage and ended up getting it. So they needed two swings. And so I was one of the last people hired and then came up once it was out of workshop and starting for the palace. And then three decades later, I'm sitting here with you. <laughs> three decades. I mean, wow. there's something so timeless that I feel like is uh, there's, a, there's a certain nostalgia and kind of like iconic sense of having this uh, to be able to live the auditioning on a theater stage because it just doesn't happen anymore because i think i don't know if it's just there's so many reasons of turnaround or i mean how many rehearsals are happening in a theater nowadays um but it's i, I think there's something so just mystique about having to audition on a theater stage mm -hmm. well it it's for those of us who watch you know, the old movie musical moving pitches, Move. you know, that's what you see, you know, they're on the yeah. stage and they're leaning on the piano and it's a, Hey, <laughs> from oh, the top. hence your podcast. Yes. I mean, that's where we got it from, that's from leaning on a piano in 1975. I, totally see it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you said 1975. I mean, the, the moving picture musicals are back like in the thirties, but of course, of course, of course. See? For you, for, for you, me, young, for me, 75, 75. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Play it again, Sal. <laughs> I assume his name's Sal. I don't know. Yeah. And, Play it again, see? And so <laughs> what when growing up, what was some of your train like in dance? You obviously were at a dance school, I'm assuming, mm -hmm. growing up. So what were those like classes like for you? Were you just in that strict, you know, ballet tap jazz and then just did it? Or what what was that experience growing up? I think my first love was acro, actually. Yes. Because I, I up until well. I think, uh, no, The Producers was the last time I tumbled in a show. I did front handspring walkouts. My five foot 11 gigantic frame could oh still tumble. Um, I did back walkovers and walked on my hands in Chicago, the first national. Mm. Um, and then the back walkover off the desk, Ula does, you know, mm -hmm. all of that helped those tricks, those things that I could do. Now my back, you know, she's shot, but... Um, I'll give you a nice arm back, like I'm arching back, but I'm not. Um, <laughs> so it was started with acro and then honestly, once a week, half hour tap jazz ballet Wow. up until high school. I'm sorry, up until college. And then when I went to college, 
Um, I had a, a valet teacher, Linda Crumey, who kind of, I like I got it a little bit more as an adult. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of learned my, I call it my flag in my foot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All those things. Um, and so that kind of helped. But basically, my, I always say my style I got from Ziegler Studio of Dance. I got that. And if you look at the shows I've done, the Stroh, Tappy, tappy, tippy, tappy. Mm-hmm. It's all about style. And, you know, oh. as my, I call my dancing through my resume, my tapping and tipping through my resume, because that's mm-hmm. kind of what I did. And in the three decades I've been in it, that's what I do, you know. Um, now we're on the outs. The old showgirls are on the outs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bring them oh, back. Sure. <laughs> bring them all back, please. But so, Jack, it's not. It's not so you think you can dance, you know, I just was never that person and never, you know, uh, but it was enough to get, it was enough for me for what I came into at that time Mm -hmm. in the night in the Mm nineties. Right. And up until, I mean, what we did it in something rotten. There was a lot, I mean, it was Renaissance time, but it was a tappy tippy and a, and you had to have a jazz style, you know, it's a Nicola, a Nicola girl. Nicola girl. Um, was there a moment when you look at your career and the other shows that have come up with you? Has there been a moment where you stand and look back and say, or even kind of as you're in your in your career, like as you're going up and you look at a show and you're like, oh, so times are like that now. Or you're like, oh, things have evolved to this. Okay, this is where we're going. Is there something you can like pinpoint well, it's funny because I feel like there's always been those shows around what I'm doing, if that is if I'm in a show on mm-hmm. the Broadway at that time. But there's always the ones around me that are wouldn't be for me, even if I was a park and barker, even if I could sing a high something, you know what I mean? They're just not for me there's always those shows then it becomes more of like a style thing where even if I was young I'm not gonna be doing the style of Hamilton like it's just not who Flange who Angie is you know what I mean when did you see that change throughout your career I think it's always been prevalent it's always been prevalent I just happened to not be in that show I just happened to be in the one that fit me (laughs) which I think is Mm -hmm. just how everybody's career is, it just became more prominent through the years. You know, things just have become hipper. If that's the, you know, most old-fashioned way for me to say it. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, when you say hipper, but I mean, as far as like the, the style that you have kind of, I mean, honed into and I'm going to say mastered because I just, the, the, I, I don't think there's anybody, if, if it's certainly of a certain jazz type, and a, a tip type show. If Angie, if Angie walks into the room, give her the job. It's done. Um, and so I think you, you've helped to create and establish such a, a vernacular. I think that it's nearly unteachable. The even as you sit here and like discuss certain things of like you just say like a tip a tappy and those listening you can't see like the little shimmy that happens in the shoulders and the relaxed face and the oozy smile that happens. <laughs> well, you but gotta it, show it. Yeah, I get it. 
but but yeah, but but you have the. It, I think it's like an essence that it was was kind of built from an aura of confidence and and all of that. And I think there there there's such a thing of sure this this young upstarts are kind of coming up and changing the style, but I think there is such a timelessness to to your strength, and I think there's hopefully always going to be a spot of like old time. I don't want to say old time. No, no, no. It's totally music fine. theater, you know? Sweet. I get it. I'm old. I get it. Uh, baby, but I don't mean you. I just I mean it, like I mean. No. I the, um, the style almost, it's not outdated. I think it's timeless. And I think people absolutely still come to musical theater and to Broadway, especially to see that stuff. But I do think that like now that Hamilton has become so mainstream and in the Heights so mainstream of like these Lynn shows that have kind of like changed the direction, I think it is going to be interesting to see what happens with these timeless type musicals. Well, and I, I hope and feel that there it's sort of like, what do they always say? You know, there, there's a, there's a, a, there's a spot for everyone. There's a place for everyone. And I just sort of there's hope. Place. For, um, I feel like hopefully there will be that a little something for everyone. And it maybe it will come back around. And I don't even mean for me specifically, because even, you know, even for the things like when crazy for you was supposed to come back and things, you know, unless I'm Tess or something, you know, I've sort of aged out of being in that chorus, but I certainly would love for the, the youth that are of my stature and that could to get, can get to do it. So I'm not even Mm -hmm. saying for myself, you know, Um, but I certainly Mm -hmm. would love that for other people to get to, you know, enjoy and be in those shows and experience the lusciousness of those great, you know, tap into the Gershwin tunes and I got rhythm. I mean, who doesn't want to fucking do I got rhythm, you know? Truly. Truly. I mean, and um, it's, I think it's, yeah. it, it was written in what, 1920 something or 1917 or who knows when I got, I can't name it off what, the top girl of my crazy? head. You mean girl crazy? Or I got rhythm just in general. Oh, well, Gershwin. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, in that but, time, but it's, what, it's still being done. But what I love about our Casey Nicola is, especially in Something Rotten and also in Minsky's that I did for him, you know, he likes all different shapes and sizes and ages and personalities and somehow he puts it all together. And that's interesting to me. And I love being in that process because he knows your strengths he knows what you can and cannot do. <laughs> and you know what I mean? It's like yes. he purposely picks, you know, certain people. And so I do love that. I remember specifically in, Brendan, you were probably there, in which workshop of the prom. And we were doing what used to be not about me, but it was something else. Oh, yeah. And the oh, girls. Oh, Yeah really danced. I did a little, I did the, uh, the dance, the dance break by myself. Yes. Then the dancers came <laughs> and were really dancing. Like yeah. Shelby Finney was tearing it up. 
And I was like, I kind of went behind and I thought, well, let me just at least, you know, if I don't have to do what they're doing, but let me just, I'll pretend they were jumping and I just was like doing arms or whatever. And he's like, and she was like, yeah, yeah, that's not what you don't do that well. <laughs> so like, yeah, we'll have you do something else. <laughs> but he was true. But I was like, let me just try it. You know, sure. I'll just try, give him something to I'll look fun. at, which is then that's when the, um, all of my, my spinning and just my legs on the chair, I think started sort of created it. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I'll just sit in the chair and wave <laughs> my legs around. That's so right. <laughs> Yeah, there was a moment when uh, when we added, I think, like, I mean, a couple major dance break counts. It was, uh, what was uh, me, Shelby Finney, Ian Young, and Natalie, uh, Natalie Clay Carter. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and there was, I mean, there was a point where we actually set up a box in the upstage for the dun dun da 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 dun dun da 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 some of that stuff. Yeah. And we timed these jumps, jumping off this box. It was like a toe touch and a huge attitude leap. And we're like, what are we doing back here? We're killing ourselves. And Angie's just in a chair, just leg, <laughs> leg, leg. I was leg. probably like just looking at my nails or something. It's like they got it. <laughs> giving us something to look at. Is giving what she's us doing something but, to look at. You know, it didn't hurt my feelings because he was being truthful, but it was like mm-hmm. That's not what you, that's, you don't, that's not what you do well, you know? And so I guess it's good when your director knows that too. I will say something you do also really well. And one of my favorite performances of yours that I've gotten to witness is back at our Muni days when we both did damn Yankees together back in 2008, nine, whatever that was. And Angie Mm. was Lola Let's just pause and think about Angie's Lola for a second. It was the most incredible thing. No, I've let's ever pause seen. and think about that. Mary McLeod's taught me all of that original choreography. And let's be clear, I am not a trained Fosse dancer, but I worked my butt off and was mediocre at best. But I tried really hard. But mm. what was it that made you laugh? Um, uh, was it, uh, come on, Cho? <laughs> What did she say? Get a Go over here. I don't know which one. It's just so fun. It was so fun and so I'm just so tall to do it too. It was perfection though. You and Alex Sanchez together was like a match in heaven to do those two roles and to watch who's got the pain, all of that. And I thought he was I just mean. like, Angie, you're a pain. Cause I thought, because he's such a good dancer. And he was like, What is this? giant Amazon <laughs> that I am dragging through this number. Right? Because don't I have to get on his shoulders or something? Poor guy. He was like, oh. And I mean, it was Muni, and you know how hot it is there. And I was mm. swimming, and I was like in good shape for Big Ange. And he was like, you got to get on my shoulders? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Sorry. What the hell? <laughs> what the gosh darn Willikers. You have to I'm get just, on my shoulders. I'm just crying laughing over here, A, because it's Angie and she always makes me do that. But also I'm picturing us back in that time. Like I remember every second of that show and watching you do the show. So I'm everything you're saying right now is just resonating with me <laughs> really closely. I couldn't breathe. It was so hot. I'm doing, who's got the pain with they go mambo? Who's got the pain they go ah? It's also not a short number. It's also not a short number. No, but it 
it was actually, I worked with Mary McLeod before we went down there and she was exquisite. And I loved that time so much because it's probably the most, because she's so great at Bossy and worked with Gwen and, you know, uh, really knows her stuff. So it was really fun to just try to, to attempt to learn and, you know, somehow. It was incredible. It was create incredible. that and bring it to life. Mm-hmm. Haven't worked there and- since. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, "Yeah, no." Oh my lord! I would um, I, I want to see the video of that. I want to see the mambo. Yeah, I want to see this so-called <laughs> big yeah, Ange, stop. as she says. My uni career is over. <laughs> you're the you're the doll down doll baby down there. Could you get me in? Ma- I'll get you Mama in needs some new, Mama needs a muni job. Mm-hmm. I got you. Mama needs a muni. <laughs> I was literally just going to I was gonna bring it forward the the question of okay, so we all we all have our kind of wind down because you know, a, a Broadway schedule is a it's I mean, it's it gets you through the I mean it's a ringer. It it is a tough mm-hmm. one, eight shows a week on top of, you know, just living as a an adult human in New York City. It's a it's a tough way to go. I wanna I wanna know how do you have a specific chair at Sardi's that is yours <laughs> to go to whenever your show comes down and, you, and Angie walks in and someone says, She's here, clear the chair. Clear, clear the chair. Where is yours? I'm guessing I guessed Sardi's just from, you know, rotten days, but is there a spot that you can want to walk into New York City or an old spot of time gone by that you remember in a New York City moment of, ah, this is my spot? Not now, but back during well, the producers. Um, I don't even mean not now because of COVID. I mean just not now. But during sure. the producers, which was at the St. James, also where Something Rotten was, uh, Angus mm-hmm. – Angus used to be next door. So we used to tease that if there was some way to do from my, I, well, I started out in the ensemble and then took over for Ula, but from either dressing room, if we just had sort of like a, a nice garbage chute that just could put me down right into the booth right there (laughs) in the front of Angus. Actually it was even before Angus because it was the brasserie before that, then it was Angus. Uh, But we enjoyed that. That was a good mm. time because it was during that the producers, which was, you know, just an otherworldly time with the way we went out of town and we came right into the St. James and it was such a huge hit and won the most Tonys to this day. And it was just mm. a, a time that was, you know, joyful. And so we did. We went next door a lot, a lot. Nice. Nice. Um, I think so was, that would I was, be then. I don't have anything now, even before the shutdown. Um, and during prom, you know, we were trying to just be in it and get that show going. And we just, you know, so it wasn't, I wasn't out crazy all the time. We know how delicate my vocal cords are. I can't talk over, <laughs> I can't talk over people anymore, you know? Should you get those can't. bags of Lay's chips back out. I don't know why you're not sponsored by Lay's. I because know. we would walk into her dressing room and she would have, a 
literal box, probably the size of me. And she goes, I got my Lay's. They came in today. And then there's just bags of Lay's chips that are the go-to snack. Someone send that to Beth and I. I think it was, one point it was Lyle, our dresser, bought us this huge bag. And they were all the individual assortment. And we would put Mm -hmm. stuff on Instagram like Lay's. We all, me, Caitlin, and Beth, I think, did one. Yeah. Nothing. We got nothing. Nothing. But, you know, I eat them because they're good for your voice, right? Of course. Even during COVID, you know, for speaking. (laughs) (laughs) well angie we had people write into us on our instagram uh we have three questions for you today oh um our instagram again underscore podcast follow us and write to us um but we have three questions i gotta follow you guys i don't follow you yet teach me how we'll teach you (laughs) we'll teach you we'll get you there okay our first question is from lisa and she says how do you manage to sing dance and not mess up all the time it's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. So basically, how are you flawless? Because I can attest to that statement that I just made. Watching you literally every single night in the prom, every single night I would watch the show, and you are the most consistent performer I have ever seen. The way you put the Germex in your hand, where you put the Germex between your legs, the cup, everything where you hold it. It's the exact, the pat under the nose, all the things. It is to a T the same. And... The energy is always there. The voice is always there. The moves are always there. The acting is always there. So how do you, how are you so consistent? Well, you're very kind to say that, but that is the dancer background in me. And like I, mm. I said this, I think before, repetition is always my friend. And that's when I feel like my show is the best, when it's slick to a T like that. And I don't, not every person's like that because, you know, like our Brooksy loves to just fly off and do things. It's just not my makeup. And I wish it was because I think he's so fearless and so incredible. And I wish I was that person, but I'm just not. (laughs) And I think it's just, that's the dancer in me. And then once, you know, it's, it's like right at the end was when I was like, okay, now my show's done. It's, it's slick. It's how I, I, you know, everything's on account. You know how we'd like to do mm-hmm. every beat. Mm-hmm. I don't ever change it up. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I, I was going to say like- it's consistency. That's not, you know, the boring or cause you are still so invested in the scene with your scene partner. So it's not that like glazed over, Oh, she's doing the same thing again. Yeah, It's I- like, no, she's still giving a performance. It's just, it's that's how I feel most comfortable. I don't like, totally. oh, oh, I'm just going to fly off the seat. I just don't work that way. And I think that's just from the dancer background, I guess. Is that it? Or just my OCD? <laughs> no, I would agree. I think I think you, you craft out this like polished performance. And as, uh, as the dancer brain goes repetition, repetition, repetition until it's second nature. And it's just done in your in your sleep. But you're so present because of the practice and the polish that you've put into the performance. How many P's can I get in one sentence? I don't know, but it's crisp <laughs> and clear. It's great. But even when I'm not doing a part, which is most usually my career too, 
even for like something rotten, you know, like when it turned into the go-go thing, I'd, I'd <laughs> choreograph my stuff with my, what's that thing called? The, um, yeah, what was that? The oh. air blower thing? Oh, it, it does. It looks oh, like some medieval what name. It is. It's going to come. Here, I'll to make me. this sound. It's, it it, 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 it sounds like with this. It starts <laughs> You have to look it that up. It sounds like a, it's like a beluga whale, <laughs> I think is what I, I'm doing. Actually. I know. I know what it is. I know what it is. See, that's what happens when you get old. It's going to come to me. Um, honey, hey, honey, what's those blower things for the fire? Perfect. Is lifeline. Lifeline. Lifeline, ask the husband. It, it is called a. We'll never know. No, we got to look it up. Someone Google it while I'm talking. <laughs> we will. We will. Rich, okay, Rich I'll ask you. Uh, I have a, I have the next question for you while we're looking that up. Oh shit! Okay, um, but wait. But before oh. I finish, the you is using the that thing. <laughs> I had all these moves choreographed because it was so heavy. I didn't want to hit people. Right? So you have to choreograph where it's going to go. And mm -hmm. I did it the exact same thing every time. So in that case, it was to make sure I didn't hit Eric Scotto because he was right there, right? Bam, bam. So you have to choreograph it. Bellows. It's called a bellows. bellows. It's called a bellows. We had it here. We had okay. it here. So when I use my bellows, foomp, foomp, in something rotten. <laughs> It was choreographed to a T so that I didn't poke somebody in the eye. So there's different mm -hmm. reasons for it, but I just feel more comfortable and a slicker performer when I do that. That's the answer to my question. You're welcome. Thank you. Slick to a T. <clears throat> Slick to a T. Um, the next question is from Marin, and she wants to know, uh, what made you decide you wanted to dance? Was there something or someone that you look up to and you were like, yep, I love that. I want to do that get me in the door. I think the joy of it came before I even was old enough to know what I was watching and who I was watching. The joy of it, of just the dancing part and then, and the never sitting still part was just innate in me. So it started from a very young age, <clears throat> the round of back handsprings, back handsprings down the hallway to greet everyone <laughs> in my house just started. Yeah. Could my you imagine if that was the greeting you got from Angie Shore? My oh sister-in-law. Oh my God. She says, She's uh, still married to my brother and they were high school sweethearts. And so she was in high school when I would have been young enough to fit in a hallway doing round effect handsprings. And she said I would literally go round effect handsprings and turn and go like, hi, I'm Angie. <laughs> oh, my God. No wonder cheerleading was like right there. Yeah. Too. So she imitates oh, me doing that. So I think the joy of it was already there before I had the knowledge to watch, you know, uh, any dancers, oh God, it had to have been on the TV set, you know, back then, because it was the covered yeah. wagon days, guys. The, the Pony <laughs> Express came to my house. We <clears> took <throat> the Oregon Trail, and I saw my first <laughs> moving picture. Yeah. Uh, but I was, so I guess it was just innate. That's not, that's my answer, Marin. I hope, I hope that brings something to you. But even watching me in my Disney days, like I said, I'm condensing stuff and putting on thumb drives and I'm looking at it. And it's like, I loved it. I love doing five shows a day in the heat. I don't know why. I just yeah. loved it. And we carried feathers and we carried giant bananas and danced with Minnie Mouse. And I just loved it. So We were indestructible. Yeah. And you just throw your back out and kick your face and... Now I like, as you know, I like my vertical with gestures a little bit more than 
There it is. Pitching in. You know, yep. I like vertical gestures. Totally. The, the idea and the joy is still there. Of course. There's the always purpose. a motivation of why she's making the gesture and she's staying vertical. This yes. is this is the world you know, that we live. My tissue just doesn't move as well as it used to. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I keep on taking Deb Roche's class, though. I got to tell you, Britt likes oh, my still vertical gestures. in class. I love that. <laughs> still in class. Yeah, four times yes. a week, baby. I mean, it's of right course. here in my dining room. It's not. I don't get to move around, but that's good for Ange. You know, keeping it, keeping Truly. it. Tall and tight. We, tall and tight. We we travel tall and underneath tight. ourselves. That's what we do. That's what <laughs> we do. I love that. I love that Jack writes something down. When do you kids do handwriting? Oh, <laughs> all yes. the time. All the time. All the time. You do still do handwriting? My stepson oh, stops being able to read my cards I give to him oh, because no. he doesn't read handwriting anymore. And he's grew, he grew up with my handwriting. I got him at 10 years old. He's 25 now. He can't read my oh, handwriting. No, I, I always have to, I mean, as, as dance captains, well, dance captains, we got to like watch the show and like literally have to be able to write and watch. Yeah, without right. the same time. Now, That's are you going to start typing? Because then you can't do that because then the screen, ruin, like you can't, people can't I see. I started doing, I started doing voice memos when I would uh, watch from a, a spot and I'd literally just be so quiet and be like, Slam and Jack, Slam and Jack. You need to raise your right arm higher on the five, six, seven, eight. More Perfect. Thank vertical. You. Dance Thank you. for you. <laughs> <laughs> need more vertical gestures on stage right. Perfect. Voice memos were huge, though, especially for me with prompt, just because the show moves so fast and there's so many mm -hmm. steps for three counts that it's hard to, like, get it all in and obviously if it's a fluke it's a fluke you let it go you can't notate every single thing but you can't just write it just moves so fast you got to talk it into it and then kind of review it later and then type yeah. it out whatever you say i know you were so good at that i don't know how you do that did you go all the way to the top and just keep real quiet so the audience couldn't hear you <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was just all over the theater, to be honest. I was a lot in stairwells, or I would remember the notes while I watched one number and then walk away and then talk it all into the phone just because like, I could remember it. Um, mm -hmm. But I would always watch the show from every different part of the theater. I would never have one spot. Yeah, know? I mean, I can't imagine, you know, there's a, a step on every count, you know, that as Casey Nicola oh. likes to do, and you're just like – and Brendan, when you come down, gun, gun, and jacket, head, and go, and <laughs> <laughs> jacket, and push it back. <laughs> she's got to, oh my God, you you know it. You know she it. watched us every night. Oh, yeah, she's, part, she's ready. Yeah. Um, okay, our last question is from Curtis. Okay. And Curtis says, what is one time that you were dancing so wholeheartedly that you just forgot the world was around you? Oh... Wow. Like, what is one time where you were just like so in the moment and you let everything go? I love that. Well, Curtis, I, you know, I feel like I just do that with all of my performances. Oh, no, I'm okay. kidding. Uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's a really good question. And, Curtis, I will tell you this I live to find that moment again, not only because of what's happening in, in the world. And with the climate that's happening now, but I mean, just in general, because it's hard as you get older, you just want to make sure you're not going to hurt yourself. 
So yes. if I could stop thinking about that for a moment, mm. that would be great because that would mm -hmm. mean I'm totally in it. And yeah. yes, I'm sure there are moments that I do that, but um, I'm trying to think of like a specific moment. One thing I can think of just because we talked about it a lot at the show was your line where you say, oh, if I had to listen to day by day one more time, I was going to kill them all one by one. And there was one performance. I don't know if you know this, Brendan. She says, um, I did if, I have to listen to day, if I have to listen to day by day one more time, I was going to kill myself one by one. And she had no idea she said that. And so she walks off stage. Everyone's laughing. We're like, oh, yeah, it's funny. And she's like, what, you guys? And we're just like, did you not? Oh, so you said this instead. And she's like, oh, I did. And like had no idea. Then it's the night performance. I think this is a Saturday and does the exact same thing. So she's just in, she's so wrapped in that motel scene that she just loses the world around her. Yeah. I mean, Curtis, that could be it. the one that could be the moment where either I wasn't paying attention or and honestly, <laughs> ignorance, <laughs> ignorance is bliss in that moment, because once again, Rain Man does the, the, the thing. If I had to listen, I thought, well, if I had to listen to day by day one one time, I was going to kill myself one by one. Well, and then I walk away with my suitcase. I look back to give Beth focus for her Tony moment. I walk a little bit more. I put my suitcase down. You know, I have my things. Oh, yeah. And I had no idea. And then she and Josh were laughing because she and Josh Franklin <laughs> were laughing. Beth Level and Josh. And I had no idea. So ignorance is bliss in those moments. There was just so many times that the joy of it does take over. I would say there's there was times in Something Rotten before those costumes did a number on my back. <laughs> <laughs> where you just yeah this button's gonna be on top yeah this button's gonna oh it's just heavy joy. Costumes. I remember that. it's joy and it just comes from wherever it comes from so i guess i could lose myself in those moments or even like i see in my head like big fish when you guys were doing that i think it was like the opening to act two in those red white and blue on that big oh, staircase yeah. like that is such a great visual that i would i can only imagine what that's like actually on stage doing that yeah though i mean that was a little bit i've never been a rockette but that was a little more tedious where you had to make sure because we all were trying to move as one mm -hmm. but big fish in the opening number there was this very fluid slow motion thing and you came up gun gun and then Norbert would sing, be the hero of your story. And I remember those moments where, where you, I was the circus trainer lady with the big hat. And I just remember like those kind of moments where it was easy on your body, but I love that song so much. I love Norbert's voice. And you just sort of lose yourself in those moments. And then you get to hold a pose. For, <laughs> for I like those entirety. moments. <laughs> gun, gun. <laughs> And I just would look at the house and the audience and you just, you know, you live in those moments when you actually get to just breathe it in for a moment and be on a Broadway stage and, mm. and not be too responsible for anything that's happening in that moment. Just try to be pretty with your top hat on. So I think there's something so iconic in, in what you said as, as far as like a, if there's an ensemble member kind of like dancing uh, behind a principal actor. And I think there's, I don't know if I heard it, uh, secondhand, thirdhand, what have you, like down the line of theater history. But it's like, oh, you just got to Angie it. And I was like, what, what is it? You know, you know, look at the lead, look at the balcony, look at the lead, look at the balcony. And I was like, is this really a thing? And then sure enough, 
if anyone wants to look this up, I think it's the it's the Macy's Day um, Thanksgiving Day Parade uh, performance of Something Rotten. When if you see Ange behind Brian Darcy James waving this feather, just like and has the will do a musical and you see Ange and her focus literally just like to Brian to the camera to Brian to the camera and I'm like oh she's doing it she's doing it's a real thing it's oh and it's so effective I wish I wish it was in my handbook when I joined Broadway there was a section that was just the Angie it what totally in what handbook (laughs) <laughs> I want to see it. No, but I wish I could take credit for that one. Okay, so real quick, Here we, we do go. the Macy's parade. I don't know that I'm in the shot, but it's the you know it's Brian Darcy and Brad Oscar their moment, and so we're just holding the feather she, the feather fans, and there is no balcony because it's Macy's parade. So of course, I was doing looking at Brian. Look at the balcony, look at it, Brian. But nothing else was going on, and I happened to be in the shot. So my friend Jerry McIntyre, you know Jerry Mac, Mayor Jerry Mac, he said, he was like, you were just giving it to us. He came up with, look at the lead, look at the balcony. Ah, okay. But I use it now. I give him credit, as you do, you know, as we all steal great things throughout our career. But that's where that came from. So, I mean, I was just standing there, so I had to give something. You are never just standing there, Angie. <laughs> you are never, never just standing there. So I just, just gave you eyes. There. I just gave you eyes. I was like, you... look at Brian and then look it up. <laughs> you may say eyes, but there's a whole storyline there. There's a journey. Yeah. yeah, different than our journey for prom because it wasn't cold that year. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> we weren't, oh, we weren't quite God. as cold. That freezing. Oh, yeah, because the same day as Mean Girls, I remember visiting the the trailer and everyone was just like, so yeah. I think cold. I think she was doing I think she was doing the same ritual, but she was more like, look at the lead, look at the time clicker, look at the lead, look at the time clicker. <laughs> <laughs> like, are we oh almost God. done? Can is I it, put my sleeves on? Can I put longer? some on? Can I put my coat on? <laughs> Where's the heater? Where's the heater? Oh, my God. Yeah. But, yes, well, I do like that one. Look at the lead, look at the balcony. Thank you, Jerry Mack. But I'm going to continue it wherever I go. Oh, absolutely! I think I think it's being continued for you as well in many other productions. I like it. The legend, you know, of... knowing who it was that told you, it was probably Beth Johnson. Nicely, Prob- nicely. Oh, probably. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Because she, we would, because she was my bookend, so she was there too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we were. She everyone learned. was making fun of me. Well, Jack, should we? Uh, should we do a little? Should have shot it. It's time. Let's do it. Yeah. It's time. So, Ange, we love we love what to do a, a little little segment. Uh, we call it "Should have okay. shot it." Oh God. Okay. Oh my God. It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. So uh, you can we edit were... this. So if I'm terrible, you can just edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like a game. No, anything. it's not a game. Oh good. Okay, good. Okay, good. Uh, uh, we have because I'm just segment. gonna do look at the lead, look at the balcony, and nobody's gonna see it. <laughs> perfect. Or hear perfect. it. Perfect. Um, so when we, when Jack and I worked on the, uh, Netflix movie picture of prom, um, the moving a, picture, yes, I know the moving picture. Yes. Yes. We know. Um, the Meryl Streep who, uh, you know, played the, the Beth level role. Um, she I've did not about me. Yeah. Heard of her. She's done a few things up and coming, up and coming. Uh, and she did this whole rehearsal of a scene that we were going to shoot 
and she was trying to like sell an ideas, but like, just, you know, play the music, I'll show you. And like, just cue the lights, it'll be fine. Did this whole thing, huge number, me, brown, in a huge blackout. All the extras are sitting there. We're just like wildly applauding. And right before the applause, we hear Meryl shout, should have shot it. So I think it was just a, an insane moment for us to kind of like witness it. And we're just so sad nobody caught it on camera. Nobody caught it on anything. So it's just kind of like in the, in the mythology of the world. So we want to know if there's any moment in your like life, career, anything, or that you've like gotten to witness that you wish someone was just like, oh, did anybody capture that on any kind of film, any sort of anything? Um, I got to say the first thing that comes to my mind would be the first time I got to go on for Ula in the producers because I was A, the second cover. I was told I would never go on. And then they gave me my own key. So thank God the orchestra had my new key because that could have been a disaster. But thank you to Patrick S. Brady, our musical director, he got me my own key. I needed it a half step lower than Katie's. I couldn't do all the little I couldn't do all the dancing and sing it in her key. It just wasn't easy for me or in my voice. So they gave me my own key. So I got thrown on. It was Valentine's Day. I'm thinking it was 2002. It was right before I did the first national tour. And I wish that was, I wish, should have shot it. Because I was nervous <laughs> as shit, but Matthew and Nathan were so good to me. And you, mm. like, I was like, okay, I was told I'm never gonna go on. So I was already felt like a piece of crap anyway, because I was told I wasn't, and yet I'm going, you know? So you already feel like, mm. well, boo. But I knew I could dance it. I knew I was a big, tall blonde, and I thought I was funny anyway. Who knows? Um, so I, you know, you knock on the door and you go, I'm just like, here's the knocker. Gunk, gunk, gunk. This is it, girl. Be all stuck in bloom. And then oh Matthew and Nathan say, come in. And I go, I open the door, and there's Matthew and Nathan just staring at me. And they were like, oh, what do you do, Ula? What do you do? And they brought me in, and Nathan kept rubbing my hands because I was probably a little trembly. And he just <laughs> took my hands. He took my hands, and he was like, oh, what do you do, Ula, Ula? You know? And somehow it sort of relaxed me, mm-hmm. and I made it through. I got Nathan a couple of uh, – he says, well, you got me a couple extra laughs. I just didn't do anything. I just watched him or whatever it was I did. And it just turned out to be like the greatest, one of the greatest moments of my life because mm. I then can, I did six more. I wasn't supposed to go on. First cover was on vacation. I did six more performances that week. And then Stro asked me to do the first national tour. And then I wow. took, was on the last four years of Broadway as we left. So I kind of wish that Scott Whitman and Mark Shaman, they, they snuck in and watched me from the back in the St. James, right? On the back stairs. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, Mark, right before I knocked on the door, Mark said he looked over to Scotty. He goes, what if she stinks? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I didn't, but I kind of wish I would have shot that. That was a long story, but yeah, that's it. Should have shot, shot it. Oh my God. Brilliant. brilliant. brilliant or maybe brilliant. I was terrible. I don't, I don't remember, but it was so out of body. I think it'd be fun to have. 
probably awful because you ended up taking it over the role and playing it for four years. <laughs> so probably really bad. But just don't remember any of it except for that little moment. So um, that's a fun little thing. Should have shot it. Sorry it was long. You could condense that. It's perfect. No, it's absolutely we perfect. Want all of it. Angie, this has been a blast. Thanks for coming on the little. You are stunning. I love seeing I you boys. Even. Thank you for the joy. Um, thank you for the kind words. And let's hopefully get out of this thing and hopefully we're on the other side. But won't it be let's, fun? Let's get back mm -hmm. on stage. Let's oh, one thing on I was going to say, Brendan, you brought up the eight shows a week and how hard it is to sort of you know, come down or whatever. I forget what it was, the question you were asking, but God, wouldn't it be so great to have that, those problems right now? You know, it when would you're really just, be nice. Yes. You're just so it would be nice to, busy yeah. and you got to do this. And, oh, I think you were asking me where you wind down, what, where you go. Yeah. Where's wouldn't the it spot? be nice to be like, Hey, yeah. Hey, Jack and Bren. Hey, where are we going to go hang out tonight? <laughs> oh, love it. Wouldn't that I be nice if that was our problems? I want a spot that's not the right side of my couch. You know? Yes. Just like, you know, I'm going to sit on the do. left tonight. <laughs> I think we all do. And I can't wait for that. I say that downbeat to come back because, uh, mm, yeah. you know, I think we're all looking forward to it. So hopefully you'll bring some joy to people with doing this, my boys. We're trying. Mm. Well, well, thank you it. so much for being here. Thanks, Angie. I we love, love it. you. I love you too. I was told not to leave, but you're still recording. So, hey, when right, a right. challenge lies ahead <laughs> and you are filled with dread and worry, gonna give us a Give us some sales. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. And that's, that's how we wrap it for sure. That's a wrap. Hey, it's Brendan. Hey, it's Jack. Thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Be sure to hop on over to our Instagram at again underscore podcast and give us a follow. A like. A comment. A DM. Because we want to hear from you. Let us know how we're doing. Sure. 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 And before you press next to play your next podcast. Hopefully it's us again. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And give us a rating if you love what you're hearing. Again from the top is produced by Dory Berenstein. And Alan Seals. Stay tuned for our next five, six, seven, eight. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the Rise Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. Rise is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot -E 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 org because only together we rise.